Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I am Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast. Our first lesson this morning comes from Acts chapter 4. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold, they laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Please join me in reading Psalm 133 responsively. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the hand, running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. Our uh, gospel lesson is from John's gospel, and this is a story that's taking place on the evening of uh, the first Easter Sunday here. The story of some of the disciples and, and Jesus the risen Christ appearing to them. And so hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words of John's gospel. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Then a week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. 
Part of believing the good news isn't just that uh, we are to believe that Jesus rose from the dead, although that's part of it. But not just to believe that Jesus rode from the dead, but to believe also that Jesus wants us to live as well. And Jesus wants us to live, that we are worthy, that we are worthy and whole. And so not just trusting that Jesus rose, but trusting our own value in that as Jesus rose, as Jesus rises, Jesus wants to bring us along. Jesus wants us to live as well, wants to lift us up, carry us beyond whatever roadblocks get in the way of of having a full life. And we're going to be spending April talking about some of the, the roadblocks in life, the things that, that block our journey, the stones that get in, a way, in our way, or maybe as we here uh, in Eau Claire encounter every spring, once the snow goes away, we can say maybe we'll be talking about the, the potholes that are on the roadway of life, the potholes that want to slow us down or the potholes that want to destroy our alignment our alignment with Jesus, our alignment with following Jesus, our alignment with God's intent for us, which is a life of love and fullness. A life of achievement and of being who we are made to be. To be unashamedly, unabashedly who God made us to be. Without guilt, without shame, with all integrity. But we do have those roadblocks that get in our way and Jesus I think wants us to to help us get around them wants us to go around them those roadblocks are not given to us by God that's not punishment from God or from Jesus just there and Jesus wants us to get past them we can think of the disciples here also had roadblocks in their lives in their time of following Jesus yeah Peter tries to walk on water he fails falls in. The, you know, we have disciples that argue over who is the greatest, jockeying for positions of power, who's going to sit at Jesus' right hand. There were the disciples who were with Jesus and saw his many miracles, and yet when Jesus, uh, when they're in front of the 5,000 and Jesus says, you feed them, they all say, we can't do that. That can't be done. That's impossible. And there was Judas who betrayed Jesus. Lots of roadblocks that they encountered. And once Jesus was under arrest and crucified, uh, the disciples denied Jesus. They fled. They left Jesus alone, except for the women. Keep that in mind. The women didn't flee. They stayed around with Jesus. And then the disciples locked themselves in a room here. They're afraid they're having doubt. They lock themselves in the room after Jesus' death. Although I will say to Thomas's credit, Thomas is not in the locked room. He's out. He's either not afraid to be out amongst the people or he's able to overcome his fear. At least he's out while the other disciples are locked in this room because Jesus' death was a big roadblock. I don't know what they felt or what it would have felt like, but I would think it would be awfully difficult. And imagine they were paralyzed. What to do? How do we go on? What comes next? They've just witnessed Jesus' death. 
Did everything they believed about Jesus mean nothing? Were the last three years just a waste of time that they spent with Jesus? What will be the future? Can we go on without Jesus? Can we continue to share his message, teach his teachings, be his voice, or should it just be all over? Should we just go back to being the people that we were before? If Jesus was killed by the state, uh, by the Roman Empire, might their lives also be in danger? They were fearful. So they hid in a locked room, these disciples. Although we'll also read next week that some two of the disciples fled Jerusalem entirely uh, and headed off to Emmaus. And so Thomas isn't the only one with doubt here or with fear. I think they're all feeling it. Thomas just had the, the integrity maybe to speak it out loud, to say it. They all have something here that's, that's in their heads, this roadblock, a fear, stones that are put in front of us or stones that we put in front of ourselves, the potholes of life, whatever it is that slows our journey, blocks our journey. And in this case, it's, it's doubt, fear. I think doubt and fear really go together. And there's a lot, of, a lot of doubt all over the place. And maybe a, uh, you know, a lot of preachers over time read this story, say Thomas doubted <clears throat> that Jesus rose from the dead, but then he saw and he believed. So don't be Thomas. <clears throat> Just believe. And then that's the end of the sermon. <coughs> it's as though it's that easy. Just don't doubt in, uh, in Jesus' resurrection and call the sermon done. But, you know, not doubting is not so easy. It's a lot easier to say it than to, to do it. Especially not doubting ourselves. That's the kind of doubt I really want to hit on here today. It's a self-doubt. Doubting ourselves, doubting our skills, our abilities, our worth, whatever it is. It seems in many ways a lot easier to believe that Jesus rose from the dead than it is to believe that as Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus also wants to bring us into more full life. That Jesus loves us so much that Jesus wants to bring us along. That can be, I think, more difficult to believe. That we're included that we matter, that we're important. And so the disciples lock themselves in a room. Maybe they're doubting their ability to go on, doubting their capacity to continue Jesus' teaching. Maybe even afraid of what might happen if they try it, whether they'll fail or maybe they'll just get in trouble. Doubting, uh, and I think also doubting in many ways, perhaps, uh, Jesus' wisdom in choosing them as disciples. You know, Jesus chose them. Jesus saw something in them. And I think by locking themselves in a room, they're kind of showing some doubt even in, uh, in trusting Jesus' wisdom here. You know, doubt in oneself, that's a, a big roadblock. Doubting a faith stance, I think, is healthy. I think it's good for us to critique our beliefs, to question our beliefs. Why do we believe what we believe is what we believe, right? That keeps us from being a fundamentalist when these people who's absolutely sure, who has absolutely no doubt about the rightness of their position and the wrongness of everyone else's. We don't want to be that. 
So some doubt in faith can be good, but doubting ourselves, doubting ourselves, that's a kind of death. That's a tomb. That's a roadblock that can hurt us. Self-doubt, feelings of unworthiness to have what we have, or feeling that we're not good enough, or feeling that we're unlovable by those around us, feeling that we're unlovable by God, feeling that the good things we have, maybe we ought not have them. Perhaps we're just a, a charlatan or, or we're being blessed by mistake. That maybe we're really not worthy to have this. And that self-doubt, boy, I, I doubt is a, an incredibly creative and relentless enemy. It's very good at trying to keep us down and finding new and exciting ways to make us question ourselves and wonder about ourselves. It is creative and relentless. It can find that hole in the armor, in our armor, that can make it so much easier to believe and focus on one negative thought and make that one negative thought far more powerful than hundreds of positive thoughts or accolades or good things that people say to us or our successes and our achievements and it paralyzes it causes anxiety it can leave us in a state of perpetual indecision second-guessing ourselves assuming maybe that we're meant to suffer so might as well accept it and stop thinking we can be anything more or that we don't have the skills that we're not creative we're not resourceful we're not whole am i good enough Am I a good enough spouse? Am I a good enough family member? Am I good enough at my job? Am I a good enough student? Am I good enough to do what I feel like I want to do, what I'm called to do? It's an insidious thing, this doubt, and I'm sure that we all feel it. I think that's also part of being human, unfortunately. I have those moments of doubt. I certainly have my moments. And when it shows up, it hurts. It slows me down keeps me from living fully that life uh, that Jesus wants me to live. I just think of my time as a student, elementary, junior high, senior high. I got teased a lot, bullied, kind of pushed outside. I was just never one of those cool kids. I was always an outsider. I was uh, interested in all the wrong things that made me not part of any of the kind of the, the important cliques in school and, and did get teased, called names uh, and whatnot, and left on the, on the outside. And, and you know, hearing, hearing those words about you're not welcome at this table, you're not welcome in this group, not welcome in this club, you shouldn't be here, you don't deserve to be here, you're all wrong. I, that still is in my head sometimes getting better at uh, letting go of it. But every now and again, it, it still pops up. I hear those words that were said so many, you know, 30 plus years ago. I hear those words of not being cool enough and wonder, do I deserve my successes? Am I really worthy of this? Or am I really that outsider who's not good enough that they told me I was? I think many of us experience these moments of self-doubt. Am I worthy? Am I loved? Am I capable? They're a tomb with a mighty stone rolled in front. But as I said last week in the Easter sermon, Jesus likes to roll those stones away. 
Jesus wants to roll them away, shine light into the tombs of our lives, bring us out of the darkness. Jesus calls us by name and, and removes, wants us to come into this full life. So he forgives us, takes away guilt and shame, says that we don't have to doubt. He says so often, do not fear. Don't be afraid. And in this John passage, peace be with you. Peace be with you. That's a blessing that says don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go forward. Peace be with you. And I gave you an assignment last week uh, on, on Easter to, for this week to think about Mary's encounter with Jesus at the tomb. When she comes to the tomb in the morning and the stone's rolled away, the body is gone. She doesn't know where Jesus is. A guy shows up. She thinks he's the gardener. It's the risen Christ, but she doesn't recognize him. They have a conversation. And finally, this guy says her name, Mary. And then she recognizes him. Then she recognizes him, and she goes back to the disciples and says, I have seen the Lord. And so I asked you to think this past week how or if you've seen the Lord or if you have heard Jesus calling to you. Think of our hymn, Jesus is calling softly, or softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See at the portals, Christ waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. And so by show of hands, who of you, you don't have to say anything about it, but just curious, who of you did your assignment? Who thought about that this week? Any of you? Do you have any thought? All right. Well, thank you. Think about that this week uh, as well. Jesus is calling us, inviting us into this beloved community where we are loved and where we're accepted just as we are. We don't have to doubt who we are. And I want you to remember that and to trust it, especially in the moments of doubt. That's what I fall back on. Sometimes when I'm having those moments of just like, uh, to remember remember that Jesus loves me at very minimum and this is a pretty high minimum but at a very minimum I know that at least Jesus loves me and Jesus wants me to have a, a full life and that Jesus loves me and to use that as a starting point to get past those roadblocks the the potholes of of doubt and I have another uh, opportunity for you this week you have these green cards in your bulletin made these for you and at the top it says I am loved just as I am why you always to remember that loved just as you are just as you are and and take this card home with you keep it with you this week and what I would like you to do is if you get in any of those moments of doubt whether it's maybe it's a doubt about faith or a doubt about yourself doubt about your position in life whatever that moment of doubt might be If you feel yourself having that, be aware of it, accept it, admit to it, and then say, but I'm going to go forward. And when you feel the doubt, put a little tick mark uh, on the back. You've got a big open space there, you know, one of those kind of, you know, one, two, three, four, diagonal line, one, two, three, four, diagonal line. Make a little tick. Keep a record of those moments of doubt. And then when you have it, say this prayer. There's a prayer on this card. Dearest Jesus, you call me my name and call me beloved. Help me in moments of doubt to trust those words. 
In this moment of doubt, I offer you thanks for all that is good in my life. And take a minute, two minutes, whatever you need. Remember all of the good things in your life. In this moment of doubt, I think of my achievements, remembering that I'm capable. Take another minute, two minutes, however, however long it takes to remember all your achievements, all those obstacles that you've already overcome, all the successes that you've piled up in your life, to remember that you do have the ability to get beyond them and that the Spirit also is with you to help you go beyond them. And in this moment of doubt, I lift up those who inspire me so I may be inspired again. Think of all those that inspire you. Mentors, teachers, people you work with. Uh, it could be people that you know, people you don't know. Uh, people who are living, people who are dead. It could even be fictional characters, character in a book that really inspired you. Think of all those people that you would like to be like. Lift them up in prayer. Offer them to God to inspire you. And then end, send your spirit to increase my trust that your love for me and your desire that I live as fully as possible is greater than any obstacle. Help me live true to your vision for me. I pray in the name of Jesus who rose from death as a sign of your immeasurable love. Amen. You can say that every time you feel the moment of doubt or if you just want to collect them and wait until the end of the day to say those prayers. But remember that you are loved. Remember that you are loved. Keep this card with you this week. Bring it back next Sunday. And if you want, you don't have to, but if you want, we'll have a time for you to just bring all the cards up, put them on the offering table as a way to just give all those doubts up to God, get rid of them, let go of them. We'll destroy all the cards as a prayer to God. And so this week, uh, as you do this, and it might seem silly, it might seem weird, but it's helpful. I think you'll actually find that it is helpful. Don't, uh, I, I don't doubt how this might make some difference uh, in your life and how you perceive things. So as you go about this this week, I offer you a prayer that you will let God's love for you, that you will let God's love for you carry you through the roadblocks and beyond. Amen. And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.